Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. You know if it's a good graph because after the time of healing, you see leaves begin to bloom on the branch that was grafted in. You'll see fruit begin to grow on the branch that's been grafted in. That lets you know that the sap from the tree is now going up through the branch. It is receiving. It is receiving life from the tree throughout the branch. If the branch has no fruit, even though it has been grafted, it has no fruit. And if it still looks dead, that means that uh, that branch did not receive of the life of the tree. It's just hanging on. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, good morning to all of you that are here right now and good morning to our online community that are gathering from all around the world. We celebrate you all so very much and we thank you that you've come today to hear the rich word of God. Your attendance either here live or virtually is not by accident. The Lord does have a rich word to share with you today that we know that will, uh, that is a rich word that will impact you and the Lord will use it to deliver, bring deliverance into your household and throughout your whole lives. Thank you for being with us today. Today, we're going to go into the next part of the series entitled reset. And we're going to talk about, uh, from the subtitle today of a true connection, true connection. You have a true connection with father word. Father, if you look that up also means source. He is the source of all things. You have a true connection through Jesus Christ. You have a true connection with father, the source of all things. And we acknowledge that. Let's go back to the book of Matthew, Matthew 16, Matthew 16, and let's do a little bit of reading here. Matthew 16 um, through 19, we were here for the last few weeks. We're going to return here, and we're just going to glean and just follow the leading of the Lord today. Amen? Amen? So Matthew 16, verse number 16 says, uh, this is, of course, after the Lord Jesus asked the question, whom do men say I am? Who do you say that I am? Verse 16 says, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 18, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail it. Recall now, after the Lord recognized, Peter, you have heard from God, you have received eternal knowledge you've received supernatural knowledge that was not available in the earth it was a secret well hidden but now has been revealed from my father in heaven peter you have been privileged to see beyond sight to have a sight beyond sight and that sight has revealed to you who i really am after he received that sight the lord uh, ushers out or he echoes out two words one he says that, uh, that he's going to build a church, a people, a people so strong and mighty that even the very gates of hell itself shall not prevail against it. And then he gives them an assignment. Look at verse number 
uh, verse 19. He gives them authority. He gives them assignment. Verse 19 says, and I will give unto thee, the who, those who have the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. Those who have received that eternal wisdom, that eternal wisdom from God. Those who have, have sight beyond sight. God said, I give to you. Look at your hand and say, I receive this. The Lord said, I give to you. You can put your name there. Instead of thee, you can put your name in there. I give this to Linda. I give this to Nick. I give this to Dawn. I give this to Jennifer. I give this to you. The Lord said, I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You have been given the authority to enforce the culture of heaven in the earth realm. To enforce the culture of heaven in the earth realm. You have been given the right to release the Father's will. Where you are, you've been given this, the right to release his will and also the right to oppose everything that is against his will. Now, the Lord said, I'm giving you authority. Now, in order to enforce the will of heaven, in order to enforce the will of the Father, you must know what his will is. Every policeman has a jurisdiction. He just can't go out there and enforce his own laws. He can only enforce the laws that have been written in the books. If you ever pulled over... And the policeman tells you, well, I'm stopping you because of a rule I just made up down the street at Starbucks. I decided that I will stop cars that have their headlights on in the broad daylight and also cars that are red with a black stripe on it. So every car that has that headlights on red car with a black stripe, I will stop them and give them a fine of one thousand dollars payable to me. You say, no, officer, that's not on the books. You cannot enforce that. You only have the power to enforce what is written. That staff meeting that morning, I'm sure they're in headquarters. They, they had a meeting. We're going to set up speed traps on so-and-so, so-and-so place. And we're going to enforce the speed limit today of 70 miles an hour, of 35 miles an hour. We're going to enforce this. So every car that goes down that road, if it's 35 miles an hour, everybody car, every car that goes down there going 36, going 37, going 40 miles an hour. Those he can enforce the will of the city, the will of the jurisdiction. It is out of the will of the city, out of the will of the county. The county rule is 35. So when that person goes 40, 45, 50 lead foot. When you go 50, then he has he is empowered by the will of the city, of the county, of the jurisdiction. He's empowered to come down and enforce the will of the city and, if necessary, use arresting powers. He can then bind up. Or he can say, here's a warning. I lose you. You got what I'm saying? So when the Lord said, I'm giving you authority to bind and to loose, what you bind must be already bound in heaven, must be already set in the law books that this is inappropriate, that this is not allowed. 
Bind meaning it is not allowed, it is inappropriate, it is not a part of kingdom culture. The Lord said, I give you that authority. So you, as spiritual policemen, spiritual marshals, FBI, CIA, DEA, PPP, whatever you want, you with your badge then have the ability to go forth and say, sickness, you are not allowed in the culture of heaven. You have been bound. Our king has bound it. So you are not allowed here. So I take the authority given unto me by the court of heaven, by the king of heaven in my jurisdiction. And I bind you and declare you are not allowed. You are not permitted. You must go. You got what we're saying? You say it's the father's will for people to love joy, peace, goodness, and, and to endure prosperity and, and, and happiness. It is the father's will. Whatever is done in heaven is the father's will. It's the culture of heaven. But if nobody enforces it, it won't come. That's why the Lord said you have to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we see right here, the Lord begins to break out a divine mystery. I give to you man that holds the authority, man who has sight beyond sight, man who sees beyond my flesh, man who knows that I am the Christ. I give you authority to enforce the will of God. I give you keys. So if you permit it, it will, pre it will be permitted. If you say nothing, then nothing will happen. That one police officer, he pulls over somebody and he sees all kind of stuff in the car and other people that look really mean in the car. And he realized that he's a Barney Fife. He knows that he's not alone. He can get on this radio and say, hey, I need some backup. And then others will come and help him to subdue whatever's there, subdue what's going on. You have backup. The Lord did not send you without backup. You have a heavenly host at your call. You can call on the name of Jesus. You can call on reinforcement uh, from the angels. You can call on reinforcement from your brothers and sisters in the Lord and bind this enemy. Hallelujah. Or you can loose the will of the father in your homes. You can loose his will in the atmosphere. You can lose his presence by setting yourself in agreement with him. Now, a renegade policeman, even though he is a policeman, if he's a renegade, he will not find his backup so readily available. God didn't call us to be lone rangers. You and Tonto are going to go take over the world, huh? You find it a whole lot easier. Yeah, you can shoot. You can root. Yeah, you can ride. Yeah, you got your mask on. But what happened with Tonto? What if he gets a virus or something? What if he gets sick after taking, after eating something? What then? When you got so much more with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? All right. So Father gave you the his will. Jesus immediately after saying, he said, I'm, now that you know who I am, now that you know who I am, he informs us of what he's making us, an unstoppable army, an unstoppable people that even the gates itself, the gates of hell itself, cannot stop it. And then he says, 
I'm giving you authority to enforce the culture and the will of heaven. Now that's important. You're going to see that further on down as we go on. There are three questions that we're going to answer today or really try to approach today. And I really need you to hear this. They may sound very simple, but it's very complex. One, why did Jesus save you? Why did he save you? I know that so I wouldn't have to go to hell. Is that all? That's a great thing. Sure it is. Thank God we were missing hell. But that's not all. Why did he come? Why did he come? And how did he save you? The Lord said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You shall know the truth and truth shall set you free, shall make you free. Let's talk about why Jesus came. Let's go back to the very roots, why he came. He came to restore our relationship and fellowship with our father, with the source of all life. He came to restore relationship and fellowship with father to reconnect us to him so that we would produce much fruit. Let's talk about reconnection. Say reconnection. Now we understand that in Genesis, it was the fall of man, the sin of man that disconnected us from God. Disconnected from the source. Imagine, you're, imagine you have a, an extension cord and it is plugged into the wall and it is powering the heater. Or if you're in the summertime listening, it's powering your air conditioner. And if someone unplugs it, although the heater or the air is still functioning, it no longer is receiving power. So because it's well, but there's no power, it is in effect dead. Doesn't matter how nice it is, if it has no power, it's dead. You may have purchased a $1,700 phone, but if the battery is dead, it's dead. What good is it? Man was disconnected from the source of all things, disconnected from power, disconnected from life. We were meant to have an eternal umbilical cord tied in with God, never severed, always connected with him, connected to the source at all times, receiving from him. He is in us and we are connected to him, always receiving life from him, receiving life and giving life. So that cord was disconnected. So man, in effect, became spiritually dead. He was disconnected. A branch. Remember this. He was a branch disconnected from the source. You got me? Now, the Bible chooses to use some, some terms that helps us to understand what Jesus did and why he came. Let's talk about being grafted. The Bible talks about being grafted. We were grafted in. Let's go to Romans. Romans 11 Romans 11, verses uh, 17, 18, just two verses here. You can read the entire chapter when you get home. Say with me, I have been grafted into Christ. I have been grafted into God. So it says here in Romans 11 chapter, we're talking about what that means. Romans 11, verse 17, 18 says this. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree... Some of the people of Israel have been broken off. We see a picture of a tree and branches. Some branches have been broken off. It says, and you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree 
have been grafted in. We were disconnected, but we've been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. Verse 18, but you must not brag about being grafted in the place of the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Now, the word grafted here means to to cut in two uh, for the sake of inserting a scion, not Zion, but a scion. I think that's the name of a car, too, but it's God's not talking about a car. When you graft something, you see a picture of a plant and what a gardener does, what a vine dresser does, he'll actually take a small branch from a from the stock of a tree here and he will actually cut a small slit a wedge into the into the tree itself into a branch of the tree and then he'll take a branch that's disconnected and he'll actually shave off parts of the shave off the outer parts of the branch so that it fits into the wedge He'll cut off so that it may be inserted, so they may have part into it. He doesn't put end to end. He actually makes a space for it to be inserted. Are you hearing? If you understand that, now that's called grafting. And then, then the then the uh, the farmer or the or the caretaker, the husbandman. Then he wraps that branch, wraps those two together. Now they've been inserted and he wraps them together. Both had to be cut in order for them to connect. Jesus was cut. He bled and died so that we could connect. In the Old Testament, uh, circumcision was the cutting away of foreskins. New Testament is the circumcision of the heart. Things have to be cut away from us so that we can be inserted in the source. Once we are inserted back into the source, we are wrapped. And this covering keeps us until we are fully healed. Once we're fully healed, then the wrapping can be taken away and the new connection is revealed. Well, how do you know if the grafting has taken place? How do you know if it was a good graft? Because all grafts don't take. You know if it's a good graft because after the time of healing, you'll see leaves begin to bloom on the branch that was grafted in. You'll see fruit begin to grow on the branch that's been grafted in. That lets you know that the sap from the tree is now going up through the branch. It is receiving. It is receiving life from the tree throughout the branch. If the branch has no fruit, even though it has been grafted, it has no fruit. And if it still looks dead, that means that uh, that branch did not receive of the life of the tree. It's just hanging on. This is why the Lord says in John, the 15th chapter, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, my father takes it away. That means that 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 graft did not take. 
Why didn't it take? Because it never, uh, it never received nutrients or sap from the tree. What was in the tree never got in the branch. And there are a lot of people that are hanging around. They've been cut on all right. And they're serving. They say, I love the Lord. I love him. Woo, woo, woo. And they are wrapped just like everybody else. They have the appearance of I am healing, but they're still dead, never allowing what was in the tree to get into it. Which brings us to James, the first chapter, James one, verse 21 and 22. As we hear that spiritual train her passing by. James 1, verse 21, 22, you know this very well. It says, wherefore, lay apart all, what? Filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the, what? Engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Ingrafted means implanted, implanted, planted inwardly. God said, allow this to be planted inwardly. This person not only desires truth, but they want to see the manifestation of that truth in their lives. You desire what the Lord has and you want to see it manifest. You want to see it. It should be clearly seen through your life. So not only are you ingrafted. But those who are grafted, but those who desire uh, to really walk with Christ, they have received the engrafted word. The word got into them, has a place in them. And how do we know? If the word has within there is fruit associated with this. Now, I want to ask for your maturity right now. Because I'm going to have to go a little bit deeper. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I know Leslie. This cutting away for connection is vital for life. This cutting away for connection is vital for life. This coming together is vital for life. Everything that is done in the spirit, you'll find echoes of it in the natural. This is why the Lord tells us to uh, not have sexual relations with someone until you get married. This is why he told them in Israel, hey, all of you, in order to be under covenant, you must be cut away. You, all you males must be circumcised. You cut away before you are inserted, before life can begin. Men, before you go in unto your wives, there must be a cutting away of your old life, the old sinful self, before new life can begin. Because the Lord says, when you go in and have those have the intimate fellowship, it should be God in you, working from you into your into your bride. Are you hearing? This is why sexual relations while you're married is blessed of God, because it talks about that holy union. It talks about that coming together. It talks about the transfer of life, the transfer of seed that creates new life. Are you hearing? 
And so when individuals go and they, they, they're with this person, they connect with this person, they connect with that person, they connect with this person, they connect with that person, they have so many different connections, so many different connections. They've connected with so many individuals. They've given of themselves to so many, but then they decide, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do this anymore. Without a time of cleansing from the Father, when the right one comes along, you'll find that you won't readily be able to connect with them because spiritual scabs have now, now formed. And you find it difficult bringing two parts together when scabs remain. Sexual relations in marriage is important. Connecting with God is beyond importance. But in order to connect, there must be a cutting away. A cutting away. Are you hearing? To effectively connect to, to Christ, as the Lord talks about there in John the 15th chapter, to effectively connect to Christ, again, there must be a cutting away. God chooses. He sees branches that have been disconnected from the source, disconnected, spiritually dead from the source. He sees that branch. He says, everyone, now everyone that says, Jesus, I want you, the Father says, I won't cast you out. He says, those that come to me, I will not cast out. He picks those branches up and he cuts and then he gives them the opportunity to be grafted in. And a, and a graft is only successful when that individual, when that branch says, I open up all of my life to you. I receive of the seed. I receive of the, of the sap that is flowing from the tree. I receive of you. And then fruit begins to grow upon you. We must be reconnected. In order to make an effective uh, reconnection, we must, the Lord had to, Jesus had to deal with the source of the disconnection. In order to make an effective connection, the Lord had to deal with the source of the disconnection. Now, let me say this. I feel this. Those of us who have lived promiscuous lifestyles, the Lord can cleanse you. The Lord can wash you. He can make you new. He can, he can heal you and remove the wounds, remove the scars, remove the scabs, so that you will have proper connections. But you have to honor him as your connecting source. As his life flows through you, you'll find healing begins to flow throughout your entire lives. you find healing begins to flow. In order for the Lord to deal with or to effectively reconnect us, he had to deal with the root of it. Let's go to Romans, the fifth chapter, Romans 5, verse number 12. Romans 5, verse 12 says this. It says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. Man's sin caused death. We fell off the tree. Keep that picture in your mind. We fell off the tree, a disconnected branch. Look at what Jesus did. Verse number 18, still Romans 5, verse 18. It says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God. 
and new life for everyone. Jesus brought the connection because of Jesus. We are now connected to the source. Once again, we have the opportunity to be connected to the source. I want you to just see yourself not apart from God over here. God's way up there. He's over yonder somewhere. He's in this person, not in you. If you're born of God, see yourself connected with him. Imagine yourself being that vine. And being a part of that vine, being a part of that union. Jesus said in, in John 15, that my father is the husbandman. God is the one who puts you back. The Bible says that he was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He saw you, you, you believed in Jesus, and he gave you the opportunity to, to, to connect with him through Christ. And as a husbandman or as a gardener, he watches over the vine. Now, every vine in him that produces fruit, he does what? He purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So you get cut on again. And we get cut on again so that we may produce much fruit. Because he knows the, the peak of your fruitiness. He's going to keep cutting until you are nice and fruity. Praise the Lord. Because he knows your potential. So what do we do? We say, yes, Lord. Yes. I believe. I receive. I believe. I receive. I trust you. Letting his power flow through you. Every time he cuts, it hurts. Because he's cutting something away from you. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's an idea, whatever it is, he's cutting something off of you. Hmm, you don't need that. <laughs> oh, Lord, I felt like I needed that. You don't need that. Because to prune something, that means that something was growing out of you. Something was growing. So it cuts away something that looked like it had life, but actually it was just holding you back. Just holding back your growth, holding back your development. It looked as though it was. But the father saw it as dead. So he said, I'm watching over you. You see this, God? This is working really good. Uh-huh. Dead. Dead. Oh, and then after a while, you know what? I'm glad he's gone. I didn't know how much that was killing me. And what, bring, what grows in his place? Something new and vibrant and prosperous grows out of it. Out of every wound, new life begins. New life begins from the wound of his cutting, from the wound of his cutting. He never leaves you lifeless. He never leaves you lifeless. John 1.29, as we begin to close out, John 1.29 says this. John, as John identified Jesus, he said here, uh, the next day, uh, John see of Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus came to deal with the source of the problem. 
the sin. He came to, de to deal with it. Again, Jesus came to restore our relationship and fellowship with God. He came to reconnect us to the source of all things, Father. See yourself reconnected once again. Understand that you have been reconnected. Now the devil and this entire world have been pulled over your eyes. It's a matrix. Everything around here is trying to prove to you that you're no longer connected to God and that you have no hope. This is a virtual reality, a simulator. Every feeling, every, every, every smell, all of this is trying to prove to you that God is a liar and that he will not help you. But it's fake. It's false. It always has been. Only when you break the matrix. What's happened to him? He's beginning to believe. He's beginning to believe. Why is, it, why is he running? Why is he crying? We just got him fired. Why is he in the parking lot jumping up and praising the Lord? He's beginning to believe. She just got a bad doctor report. Why didn't she on Facebook and talking about it and, and whining to her friends? She's beginning to believe. Beginning to believe. They're more with me than they are against me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am the first and, and not the last. I am seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of God. I'm seated right with my father in heaven and my enemies are beneath my feet. Who am I? I am one with him. I am engrafted. I'm crafted into Christ and the power of God flows through me. Everything in this world is trying to convince you that that's wrong. Even your emotions will betray you. Your eyes will betray you. Your feelings will betray you. You must have sight beyond sight and receive what is really true, what is really so. You're living in a matrix. Jesus broke the matrix. The disciples, the apostles broke the matrix. All these broke the matrix. Every last one of them. You can't trust what you can see. You can't trust what you feel. You can only have trust in what he said. What he said is the real program, is the real truth. Realize that you're plugged into a machine. You have to get this thing off your head and get unhooked. Stop believing the lies. Are you hearing? Jesus came to do two things again. One, to restore relationship and restore fellowship. Let me go quickly. We're about to end. Relationship talks about being connected. Relation. You are connected. You are now connected to God by blood. You are now, say with me, I am now connected to God by blood. You are a blood relative of God. You're not a, a B child, you know, that B word, an illegitimate child. You are created by God. You are in his family. 
connected by blood. You are a blood relative through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more powerful to God or important to God than family. He monitors you and watches over you every day. He thinks about you constantly, constantly. Realize, say with me, I am connected to God by blood. I am a blood relative. So Jesus came to restore your connection to God. He came to restore relationship. You're now related. And also he came to restore fellowship. 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 Fellowship meaning existing with no offense. No offense between two parties. We can have fellowship one with another. There's harmony one with another. Even though you may have a child, your child look like you. They're related. My son can't deny me. He won't deny me. Even though sometimes I act kind of crazy, don't. It's true. But we can have children and, and other relationships that may be like you or related to you, but you don't always have relatives that are in proper fellowship with you. There's some relatives you would rather not see again. You're not in fellowship with them. There's an offense between the two of you. You rather not take their calls. You rather not see them. You say, I love you, but stay over there somewhere. Jesus not only came to reconnect you and make you a blood relative, to bring you back into the source, but he also came to take away everything that would block the relationship, that would hinder the relationship between you and God. And that is sin. He said, I'm come to take away the offense so that when you stand with God, your father, you can come before him boldly and you never have to worry whether he wants you there or not. You never have to worry whether you're being tolerated in God's presence or not. The Lord said, I always love you. Jesus has effectively removed everything that made you offensive to God. You're no longer offensive. You smell better than roses. You you smell real good. You can sniff yourself. Go ahead. Online community, they're not sniffing themselves. Feel free to pause this recording if you want to and sniff yourself. You smell really good to God. There's nothing about you that's offensive. There's nothing about you that is blame, that, that is blamable in the sight of God. When he looks at you, there is nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing, nothing offensive. Jesus made sure of that. And he did that by taking away sin. Jesus, yes, he dealt with the sin of Adam. And we're going to stop on this, my God. He dealt with the sin of Adam, but he also came to deal with your sins. He came to deal with your sins. You say, I'm saved. Yes, yes, you are. And we also, as we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the day you did that reconnected, he dealt with the sin, the original sin, the sin of Adam. But he also came not just to deal with that sin. He came to deal with your sins, your day-to-day life, your sins. Because day-to-day, we can do something that is offensive to God. Jesus said, I've come to save you from that too. 
Just like you believe God for the saving of your, your life, the saving of your soul to, to take your sin away, and you are now saved, you are now born of God, you must also believe him to take your sins away. It is true in the word of God that Jesus has done this, but it does not become true in your life until you believe it and you confess it and begin to walk in it. Got me? Let me show you one more last scripture. And we're going to stop here for the day. Matthew 1, Matthew, the first chapter, verse 21, Matthew 1, 21. Very familiar text of scripture as the angel, possibly the angel Gabriel speaks to Joseph about the coming king, about his son, about the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God. And he says to him, angel says to Joseph and says, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Come on, say with me. Thou shalt call his name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall what? Save his people. What? One more time. He shall do what? Save his people from their sins. One more time. Save his people from their sins. One more time. Save his people from their sins. Now, are you a part of his people? Jesus came to save you from your sins. I could say he came to save Mark from, my, from Mark's sin. He came to save Mark from Mark's sin. You could say he came to save Rutabaker from Rutabaker's sin. Whatever your name is. You got what I'm saying? Sins. Notice the Bible says in King James, sins with an S. He came to save you from your sins. That's your day-to-day sins. He came to save you from. The, the word that you need to look at is from. He came to save you from. Came to save you from. From meaning he came to rescue you from the path of destruction. The enemy comes and uh, let's say he has a water hose and, and, and you're at the house and that water hose has sins attached to it or temptations attached to that water hose. And you walk outside, mind your own business. And he says, ha ha, and begins to spray you. Jesus said, I've come to save you from your sins. So he comes down in his cape, swoops you up and gets you out of the path of that. If you call upon the name of the Lord in your temptation, in your struggle, in your trial, the Lord said, I've come to save you from your sins. He came to swoop you, pull you out of the path of it. That is one definition of it. Just like someone that's in the burning building, the fireman comes and the person in the building, the person is saved once they are out of the building. Jesus came to deliver you from the danger. But there's also another definition of the word from, and this is where we'll end today. Word from also talks about origin. It talks about a starting place or a beginning place. If we're going from Bremen to Carrollton, we're going from Bremen to California. From talks about a starting place, a point of origin. When Jesus said, I've come to save you from your sin, that means he goes back to the place where all of the sin began. Your sins, he came to save you from your sins That is every moment of trauma, wherever it started. There's a reason why we drink heavily. There's a reason why we do drugs. There's a reason why we uh, are worried constantly. There's a reason why we are fearful. There's a there's a reason why we we uh, sleep around. There's, There's a reason for all of these things. Something was disrupted in your soul. 
Jesus said, I am going back to that moment. And from the moment that that thing began that set you on this path, he said that I will be there and I will save you from this. From this point, I will save you. The things that the very first domino that start the that start the all the other dominoes to fall that made you act this way and that way. The Lord said, I'll go back to that moment and I'll stop that first domino. I'll save you from it. I'll save you from your sins. So not only is he here in time rescuing you, but he also goes back to that moment there. You have to welcome him and say, Lord, I receive you. I receive you at that point of trauma. I receive you at my beginnings. I receive you when they hurt me. I receive you when they molested me, when they raped me. I receive you when they talked about me. I receive you when they wounded me. I receive you when they damaged me. I receive you from the seventh grade, from the first grade. I receive you from the playground. I receive you, Lord. When all that got together, I receive Receive your presence back in that place that you may save me from this. And when Jesus wraps his arms around you in that place, when you see him mightily in that place, instead of pain coming forth to you, you find healing coming forth to you. Healing, restoration. And what comes forth out of a wound, of a healed wound? New life begins to grow. New life begins to grow. And what was hindering you now makes you stronger. He said, I'll save you from your sins, from the place that it happened, from where it began to where you are now. Healing flows. So, Lord, we welcome your presence. We welcome you at the place of trauma in our lives, the moment that it just happened, because, Lord, you're there. You're there when it happened when our siblings did that to us. You're there when our parents did that to us, when uncles and aunts did that to us. You're there now. We receive your presence in that place of trauma. We receive your presence in the schoolhouse or in the workplace or in the church house when we were, when we were uh, abused, when we were talked about. We receive your presence. Anything in our lives that acts off, that is off about us, Anything in our, any place in us that has been wounded or separated from you, Lord, we receive your presence in that place. We receive fresh oil in that place, the oil of your spirit. Save us, Lord. We receive your saving power from our places of sin. We receive your saving power. We receive your anointing. We receive fresh oil. We receive healing, the balm of Gilead. We receive it now in our places of trauma, in our places of suffering. We receive it now in the name of Jesus because something happened to make us feel less than nothing. Lord, we receive it. We receive it. Even something that happened this morning. We receive you from the place of our traumas. Thank you, Lord, for being the real Superman and saving us from destruction, saving us from the fire and delivering our souls that we may serve you. That we may love you without restraint. That we, that we may finally receive your unfailing love that you are lavishing upon us. That we may receive your goodness. That we may receive your grace. In Jesus' name. And those of you that are joining us right now and listening to us from all around the world, we want you to know that Jesus loves you beyond measure. And he wants to save you 
from your sin and your sins, but you've got to invite him in. You've got to welcome him. It's not automatic. You have to do something. You're going to have to ask him. You're going to have to receive him. You're going to have to believe in your heart and confess in your mouth. And when you do that, when you do that, when you finally let him in, new life begins. So I'll just pray a short prayer and you can pray this prayer with me. And I believe that the Lord will hear us as we pray. So everybody here, won't won't you help pray together for our friends and those of you that are here right now as we receive the Lord Jesus. So my friends, just, just repeat after us as we pray. And just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit I've done wrong things. I've sinned. I've fallen short of your glory for my life. I repent. From this moment forth, I confess, I believe in Jesus. I believe in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and that he's alive forevermore. I confess him now as my master, my Lord, and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours. And I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life. I thank you that from this moment forth, you are are mine and I am yours. We are one. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, you've just been connected to the vine. So now, join a good Bible-believing church. Get in your Bible. Pray and seek the face of God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. And start your walk with God. Pray every day, every day. And he will lead you into the place that you must go. There's somebody that that you'll need to disciple you, to show you the way. And he'll lead that person to you. Until then, you're free to join us here on the network at any time. And when you're in the area at 180 Hilton Road, Bremen, Come on by and see us sometime. We love you, and we will see you on the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.